Open your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 11, and while you're turning there, I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 21, and then I'll meet you there in Hebrews in just a little bit. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all of the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I'll never forget as a young Christian, one of the first things that my pastor did, the only pastor I've ever had, uh, was to start a series from Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, at the time, I, you know, I, I'd only been saved a month or two, something like that. And at the time, I was so anxious to get into all of the Bible. And, and you know, and he just camped out there. And I have to confess, I got a bit irritated for a while because every week for a while, he'd say, all right, everybody turn to Hebrews chapter 11, I think. Oh, not again. But by the time he got through, and over the course of many years now, I've realized what a smart thing that was for him to do and and how much I needed that, even though at the time I, I didn't know I really needed the, the message of Hebrews chapter 11. Every Christian ought to, ought to do extensive study in Hebrews chapter 11. It's been called, you know, the God's Hall of Fame, the, uh, the the heroes of the faith, and it's been given several different labels, but it's extremely important, and, and it tells us the importance of faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so it starts out speaking here about the worship of faith, which has to do with Abel, and then it speaks about the walk of faith that we're going to be looking at, and then he moves on to talk about the work of faith, and that's what the chapter is all about. But this morning, we're going to talk about one of my favorite characters, uh, that, and, and very little is said of him, but he's one of my very favorite characters, and his name is Enoch, here in verse number Five, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. And before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Whenever I mention Enoch being a favorite, there are several different reasons for that. But I think for one thing is the fact that, you know, great men and women do not always get the attention and the credit they deserve. And I think that's the case here. You know, the average person reads these verses I've just read this morning and think, well, you know, you know, he's just one more in a long list of different people that lived way back then in the Old Testament times. And uh, we just don't give it a lot of thought. In reality, he is one of the very few men in all of the Bible uh, where it says has nothing bad to say about him. You know, every, everybody else, you know, you can find some fault with, but, uh, you know, he and Joseph and Daniel, I mean, they, they kind of stand alone as people without any blot 
at least recorded on their record. And his name means dedicated or disciplined. And he certainly lived up to that. But I want you to notice the fact that here in verse 5, the last part of it says that he had this testimony that he pleased God. And and Genesis 5.24 tells us why. It tells us that he walked with God. He walked with God. Now, that doesn't sound as exciting as maybe... We think about Samson and his great strength. Uh, or we think about the conflict, you know, that went on with some of them the, and the great warriors and and the different people that are known by different things. And, and, and all of a sudden we're talking about walking. Just something about walking doesn't really sound that exciting to us. But nothing could be more important than than the walk of which we're talking about this morning. That is the walk of faith. I want you to notice the characteristics of his walk. First of all, it's personal. You know, this word walk is used in the Bible repeatedly in reference to our conduct or our manner of life. Romans 6 and verse number 4 says, We should walk in newness of life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 4.1, walk worthy. Ephesians 5.2 says, walk in love. Ephesians 5.15 says, walk circumspectly and not as fools, but as wise. John says, walk in the light and walk even as he walked. And I rejoice greatly that I found that of thy children walking in truth. So over and over and over again, the Lord has chosen to use that word walk in reference to our lives, our character, our conduct, and who we are and what we do. But here, notice, with Enoch, it just says that he walked with God. That little word, with, you probably ought to underline that. It's really important because it denotes communion or fellowship. It tells us that he did not walk independently of God. In other words, he and God traveled at the, in the same direction, at the same speed. His life was in harmony with God step by step. He didn't run ahead of God. He didn't lag behind. He didn't turn aside. He didn't sit down and stop. But he was right there with God, walking with God. So this was a personal thing. You know, a lot of times whenever we talk about God, we do so in just general terms. You know, oh yeah, we believe in God. Yeah, we believe in Jesus. We celebrate His birth at Christmas, His resurrection at Easter, and da, da, da. You know, we've got all of this information about Him, but it never really becomes personal that we're walking with Him. And that's why this is so important, because it has to do with his communion with God, his fellowship with God. And keep in mind, this is time they didn't have the Bible back then, by the way. Think about that for a little while. I mean, all of the truth was transmitted from one generation to another generation. And the revelations that God gave in whatever way that God communicated with different people. So this is a very personal thing that secondly was pleasing to God. By the way, that's the purpose for which we all exist. You know, God made us that we might do what? That we might glorify Him. The only way that you and I can please God 
is to glorify God. We glorify God by walking in obedience to His Word. And uh, whenever you think about Enoch and the time in which he was born, this shows that we can live successfully. Remember, success is doing the will of God. That, that's success. You know, it's not longevity. You know, you look back and we see people that lived, you know, several hundred years, but longevity is not necessarily success. The accumulation of fortune and fame is not necessarily success. Success is doing the will of God, and the only way we do that is by walking with God. But notice that he was successful even in the most troublesome times. He lived in those evil days before the flood. This is in a wicked world that was fashioned by the sons of Cain. And, and the Bible says that in those days, every thought of their heart was only evil continually. You, you know, the best way I know how to describe that is insanity, folks. I mean, I've spent some time, you know, even in psychiatric wards trying to counsel with people and what have you. And, you know, most people, at least they get something right some of the time. They may have emotional trauma and difficulties that they've gone through and what have you. But, you know, they bounce back from that. But when every thought of your heart is only, only evil and it's continually and that is exactly the reason as God looked down and He saw that. He saw that state of humanity before the flood. And God, God decreed to destroy the earth in the flood. Now remember, you know, Noah gets all of the attention, right? Because he's the one who built the ark. He gets all, all of the attention. But what about Enoch? He walked with God in those days, when it is as bad as it can get here on this earth, and he's walking with God. That ought to encourage you, because a lot of times we get the idea, oh yeah, we're living in the last days, and it's just horrible times that we live in, and it's so has proven here that we can live successfully even in the very worst of times. There's something else really important about this story, and that's the commencement of his walk. I want you to notice, going back to Genesis, and you don't need to turn there unless you want to, chapter 5 says he began walking with God when he was 65 years old. That happened to be when Methuselah, his son, was born. And so the birth of that child all of a sudden evidently brought about some drastic change in Enoch's life. Unless I miss my guess, I'll bet we have folks here this morning that could say that they were deeply affected by the birth of a child. It just might be that before before that child was born, you really gave no thought as to your spiritual relationship with God. It might be before the birth of that child that you never really thought about your eternal destiny. You never thought about your awesome responsibility of raising that child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But there was something about knowing that you brought that child into this world that changed your way of thinking. 
And that's what happened here. I'll never forget that uh, a lot of times I've alluded to the fact of what a no, no good rotten sinner I was, but I'll never forget being in Rolla, Missouri, working for the highway department, living in a little flop house there. I was supposed to be staying in a high-dollar place hotel with the rest of the guys, and I chose to stay in this little flop house up over the cab company in this little one-room spot in the bathroom down the hall and just uh, not a good place to live in and drinking as much as I could. And... and uh, Bev had 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 to move out of the house where we lived because I was staying there. She had filed for divorce. The only time she'd ever done that. Uh, They were trying to serve papers on me, and I was dodging them. Whenever I got word someday was coming in the front door, I'd go out the back door or down the back stairs. Or They never did catch me to serve the papers, and I'm so grateful. But I mention all of that because in that room was a picture of our two oldest daughters, Kathy and Debbie. And they had that picture sitting there on a little old, little old uh, chest of drawers there. And, and I would lay there in that cot and look at that picture at night, early in the morning, whenever, and lay there and cry and wonder what in the world am I doing to my life? What? Why? Thankfully, Bev was patient and God was working behind the scenes in ways that, I, that we, I'll never even understand. And some way or another, why the, uh, she decided to not get a divorce. And so we stayed together. But I often look back and to think about the effect and the way that God used Look. I was unsaved. I was a drunk. I'd tried to change. I had promised I was going to change, but I couldn't change. You know, those of us that are Christians, we need to be a little bit more sympathetic toward those that are lost. We look at some dopehead out there and we think, oh, that's the lifestyle they chose. Well, look, they might in the beginning have chosen that, but let me tell you what, they are trapped in that. They can't break out of that. Not without Christ. That's the only hope they have. But the very thought of those girls, something about that, I thought, I, I can't do this. So anyway, we got back together and moved back home. And uh, in just a short time, a matter of just uh, a few months, I suppose, and somebody invited us to go to church. And the rest is history. I was saved after a few weeks and God changed everything. What I'm saying is, when Methuselah was born, now remember this, when Methuselah was born, he was radically changed. I don't know in what all ways God communicated with him, but I know this, the name Methuselah means when he is dead, it shall be sent. You say, what's he talking about? He's talking about the flood. When he is dead, it shall be sent. If you want to know when the flood took place, it took place the day Methuselah died. He died and the raindrops began falling. The flood 
came. The deep was broken up. Some way or another, Enoch knew that. And from the moment, in fact, if you read over in uh, in the book of Jude, you'll find out that Enoch had a ministry of warning. He was going through the land preaching about the judgment of God. Let me, let me read it. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of His saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. You see, he wasn't some caveman dummy living back before the flood that didn't know anything. He knew all about this. God had communicated this to him and God had shown him that, that the world was going to be destroyed with the flood. And so he has a ministry of warning others. I find it interesting that Methuselah lived longer than anyone else ever lived. 969 years. Nobody else ever lived that long. 969 years. You say, why is that significant? Well, to me, it shows the long-suffering of God who is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, Methuselah lived 969 years and he died and the flood came. And all during... That time, 300 years by the way, we see the continuation of Enoch's walk. He started at age 65, never too late to start. Amen? He lived 365 years, so 300 years we find him walking with the Lord To really put this in perspective, if you just get down and look at all of the facts and what have you, Adam lived during the first 308 years of Enoch's life. You know, a lot of times we read our Bible and we think, oh, well, here we have Adam and then we've got thousands of years and we come to Enoch and to Noah. Adam was alive 308 of those 365 years. They might have been fishing buddies. I don't know. And all of this time, God communicating through visions, revelations, dreams, whatever, however, and God was using Enoch to warn the people of the earth of impending judgment and the coming of the Lord, in fact. And of course, Noah... He had a ministry of warning. He's a preacher of righteousness that tried to warn the people of the judgment. And all during this time, Enoch is walking with God. This time of wickedness. You know, a lot of times people start out good, but they don't continue. One one of my great fears as a young Christian was was that it might not continue. I surrendered to preach and I thought, and, and, and my mother, bless her heart, I loved her dearly, but as soon as she heard that I'd surrendered to preach, she said, well, that's nice, but it won't last. 
Now, she had a reason to believe that because I, you know, I never carried through on anything. Nothing ever lasted, but, you know, and she thought this was just, you know, something else. Oh, well, here we go again, and, you know, it won't last. Well, let me tell you, I didn't say so, but deep down within my heart, I had that fear that I might not hold out, you know, that I might not keep going, that I might give in to temptation, that I might quit on the Lord. I had that fear there until I come to realize it's not a matter of me holding on to the Lord and holding out. It's a matter of Him having me and me simply trusting Him and depending upon Him to do in my life what I can't do for myself. It's God that, that enables us to keep going when every fiber of our being is crying out for us to quit. And it's God working in us. Both to will and to do of His good pleasure. We read that Enoch walked with God and we, you know, like, well, you know, that's nice. We read that without having any deep impression upon it. We read that like, well, no. What's the big deal? Well, let me tell you, it wasn't easy. In those evil days that he lived, it wasn't easy for him to walk with God. But the difficulty of duty never excuses us from our responsibility. You know, it's real easy for us to say, well, you know, I'd be glad to do this or I'd be glad to do that. But, you know, I, if, if I do, I'm going to have to give up something else or if I do, somebody's not going to like me. There's going to be problems that I'll encounter. And sometimes we act like, oh, you know, that's a really a good excuse for the Lord. Well, you, you know, um, I'd have to give up something. Yeah, I probably would. Well, my best friend might leave me. Well, not much of a friend. Not if they'd turn their back on you for you doing what God wants want you to do so it's not going to be easy we're talking about walking with the lord even in troublesome times and difficult days walking with the lord and it's not going to be easy but by the grace of god we can continue walking with the lord and notice the consummation of it all verse number 24 he says and enoch walked with god this is in genesis enoch walked with god notice and and he was not, for God took him. For God took him. Notice by faith here in Hebrews, he was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. In other words, Enoch was translated without seeing death. Here on this earth, he, he walked alone, but he was not alone because God was with him. And whenever he was suddenly translated, snatched out of this world, he changed places, but he didn't change company. He had been walking with God, and now he continues to walk with the Lord and to be with the Lord. Now his faith gives way to sight. And all during this time, his fellowship remains the same. 
that's a, a type of the of, of the future translation of believers that the Lord warned us about. That one of these days He's coming in the clouds of the air, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Think about that. Caught up to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Way back before the flood, God gave us a picture, a shadow, and a type of that day that's coming for, for every child of God. Now we look at all of this and, you know, somebody, somebody said one time said Enoch was the first astronaut. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. He went a whole lot further than any of the astronauts have ever gone. Amen. I mean, he, he stepped off of this planet and into the very presence of God. And one day, that's the way it's going to be with every one of us. You know, this, here's the sad thing. Today, there are too many spiritual vagrants. By that, I'm talking about people that just wander aimlessly through life. They have no aim. They have no goal. They have no sense of purpose. They just exist. They just go from day to day to day without any sense of purpose, when they should be walking with the Lord. You know, it's a whole lot better to say he walked with God. That doesn't sound very impressive to most people. Uh, he, he walked with God. But let me tell you, that's better than saying that he worked for God, or that he worshipped God, or that he witnessed for God, or he wrote about God. You know, you can do any of those things and all of those things and still not be walking with the Lord. But when you walk with the Lord, you do all of the other things that you ought to do. Because walking with the Lord has to do with your communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that requires three things. At least, number one, you have to be acquainted with Him. You can't walk with Him unless you know Him. A lot of people know about the Lord, but yet they don't know the Lord. Secondly, you have to be agreeable to His will. Amos said, can two walk together except they agree? Of course not, they can't. There has to be agreement. You can't walk together with God unless you are in agreement with the will of God. And thirdly, it requires being active in His service. You know, we think about walk. There's a big difference between standing and sitting and walking. Walking is an activity. When we talk about walking with God, we're talking about movement. As I said, going in the same direction at the same pace with God. And He says, stop for a moment and we stop. He says, turn this way and we turn that way. Whatever You say, well, how do I know what to do? Just get in this old book for one thing. And He'll guide your steps. Amen? I mean, He's given you a manual to live by. And if you're going to walk with God, you have to receive and believe what God has revealed. As I said, I, I don't know. And God doesn't tell me how God imparted all of this information to Him. But yet He knew about these prophetic events. God had in some way revealed it to Him. I suppose he could have said, well, wow, I had a bad dream last night. Man, I dreamed that the, I dreamed there's going to be a flood. 
Somebody said, a what? A flood. What's a flood? Well, it's going to rain. What's rain? Because it hadn't rained before then. What's rain? What, what are you talking about? Man, you've lost your mind. No, no. God told me He's going to cover this earth with water. Can you imagine, you know, little Methuselah asking, Dad, Daddy, why'd you, why'd you give me a name like that? When he's dead, it shall be sent. Imagine sending some kid off to school named Methuselah. When he's dead, it shall be sent. I, look, I don't know how God revealed all of this to him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the fact of it is that God had revealed the truth to him and he believed it and he received it and it became, it became the very thing that motivated everything he did from that day forward. I'd give every penny I've ever earned. I'd give every, all of the material possessions I've ever had. I would gladly give all of those things away if I could just honestly have the epithet when I die, chisel on my tombstone those words, He walked with God. That, that, that means more than, than anything anybody could ever say about a person. He walked with God. Look, folks, we need to think about that we're going to leave a legacy. Every one of us, we're going to, one of these days, we're going to breathe our last breath and we're going to leave this earth. And all of us are going to be remembered for something, good or bad. The very mention of your name will cause people to, to think something about you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they could say, well, i tell you one thing. My mama loved the Lord and she walked with God. Grandma loved the Lord and she walked with God. I had a Sunday school teacher that, that loved the Lord and, and he or she walked with God. Nothing better than that could be spoken about a person. And yet we get so concerned and so consumed with all of the stuff of this world and none of that matters. It all pales in comparison to the importance of us walking with God. That being said, let me ask you this morning, are you walking with God? Are you acquainted with Him? That is, do you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you know if you... I today that you'd go to be with the Lord beyond any doubt whatsoever. You say, yes, preacher, I know the Lord. I know that I've trusted Him as my Lord and my Savior. Secondly, are you agreeable to His will? That is, are you walking in lockstep with Him? You know, it's one thing to be a Christian. It's another thing to be a Christian doing the will of God. None of us are perfect, but every one of us ought to do our very best to do God's will for our life. That ought to be the thing that motivates you the very minute that your feet hit the floor in the morning and throughout the day and in everything you do. Will this be pleasing to God? He had this testimony that He pleased God. How do you please a great powerful, almighty God that, that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that has the, the power to just create a, another earth if He so chooses. How do you please a God like that? 
without faith, it is impossible to please God. The only way we can please God is to walk by faith, which implies that we're going to walk according to His will for our life. And I hope that can be said of you. I hope whenever, whenever, however long, the day that you die, that somebody might think, I disagreed with them about this and about that, but I'll tell you one thing, they loved the Lord and they walked with God. There's no doubt about that. And if they can say that about you, you've done it right. You've done it right. You've been successful in a wicked world. Let's all stand. Father, how we thank You for the example of, of Enoch and not only him, but all of those others all throughout Hebrews chapter 11 and not only there, but even others that have never been mentioned and even those that are whose names are not even in the Bible, but they're, they're somewhere tucked away in the corner of our mind. Somebody, maybe from long ago, someone that left a deep impression upon us. And Lord, I pray You'll help each and every one of us to so live that it'll become obvious to others that we loved You enough that we're willing to walk with You even when it's not easy. And if there's someone here this morning that's not really, truly, honestly acquainted with You, may this be the day that they come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and to know that heaven is their home. If there's someone here today that's been saved, but some way they've drifted away from Your will, they've been sidetracked and distracted, I pray today, Lord, that they might come back into the fellowship of Your will and that they might walk with You throughout the days of their life. For we pray in Jesus' name, Amen.